women are growing in their influence in the philanthropic sector and in charitable giving. What do you need to know to bust the myth about women and philanthropy? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Dr. Deborah Mesh, my talented colleague who leads the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Deborah is a national and international leader on this most important topic of gender distinctions in philanthropy and charitable giving. And Deborah, it's Hi. always a delight to have you with us on the podcast. Thanks so much, Bill. I'm glad to be here. As you have done your research and mm -hmm. spoken nationally and internationally, what is the myth or myths that you're seeing related to women and philanthropy? Well, I think the one of the biggest myths is that people perceive that women do not give, they do not give as much as men, mm -hmm. and they are less likely to donate to charitable organizations. That's, that's a big myth. The second myth is that women are not the decision makers mm -hmm. in their household about where to give to charity and how much to give to charity. So those are two big myths, and I can talk a little bit about that first one. So one, I think, fallacy, especially with uh, organizational leaders, leaders and as mm -hmm. well as fundraisers, they uh, don't feel that women give as much to charity or are as likely to give. And that myth has been totally busted in our research because when we look across the sectors and we control for things such as education, income, and wealth, we find that similarly situated women are more likely to give and give higher amounts than similarly situated men. So not just less charitable giving, not just same charitable giving, more, more charitable, charitable giving. giving. When you control for income yeah. and wealth. And I think that leadership and fundraisers need to really be aware of this because they are leaving so much money on the table if they have this stereotype about how women give. I think the difference from our research is we see that women and men have different patterns of giving. Mm -hmm. So women tend to spread out their giving across multiple organizations, whereas men tend to focus on fewer fewer organizations, mm. and so there's this myth that men may give more to those fewer organizations, but women are more likely to spread out their giving and give across a variety of organizations. So that's a myth that really, I think, fundraisers and organizational leaders in the nonprofit sector need to pay attention to women, especially because women are going to be inheriting more and more of the wealth in this country. We often say that women inherit twice, once from their husbands and once from their spouses. So they are going to be inheriting the wealth in future generations because women outlive their husbands. I mean, it's a mm -hmm, statistical mm -hmm. fact. I think the second myth that I just brought up is about this household decision making. And oftentimes we hear anecdotal evidence, but we also have research backing this up, is that it's the husband in the household who makes those decisions about where the money goes and how much to give. But when we find in our research, especially when you get to the higher, high net worth households, that women are making much more of those decisions, especially in the high net worth households. And they're making decisions based on what their passions are, what their um, motivations are, uh, and what they want to do in terms of making change for their organizations. And they're controlling that, those dollars in that household. 
And we already have some takeaways for fundraisers in Deborah's uh, wonderful description there. One is that women are very active in charitable giving, and when we control for various factors, are even more active in charitable giving than men in so many ways. Uh, and also that women in the household often are the decision makers in charitable giving. And if they've been making decisions in the household, we do know women often uh, outlive their spouse, their partner, and then also have greater strength in charitable giving. And Deborah, one of the notes that you make in the article uh, is that, and we still have a long way to go, but that mm -hmm. in the last couple, three decades, women wonderfully have been making gains in income, wealth, and education. How is that translating to charitable behavior? Well, we know that the three most consistent factors in research that are correlated with giving are wealth, income, and education. The more educated you are, the more higher education you have, the more money you have, uh, that is significantly yeah. related to charitable giving. And we see that those are the gains that women are having. More people, of, uh, more women are, are getting graduate degrees. They're, they're out doing this in terms of the, the male statistics. So we're really seeing women out, sort of outpace men in, that, in those areas, and they're the ones that are, that are giving. The other thing is that we find that the motivations are different. Yes. So women give from the heart. They don't want to just write the checks and hand over those checks to the charitable organization. They want to be sure that the money that they give is really making an impact. Uh, and and they, they do this th through um, um, their passion, their mm -hmm. passion for this charitable cause. So I think this other myth that oftentimes nonprofits have is that, oh my goodness, women are so hard to deal with. They take so much time. And with men, they just simply write the checks. But the thing is that nonprofits and fundraisers have to realize is that once you steward a woman and she is loyal to your organization, even though she's not willing to just simply write the checks mm -hmm. without knowing what that organization is and matching her money to impact, she will be a long-term donor. So you have to think long-term and, and really cultivate women in terms of her passions, her motivations, and her desire to know that she wants to see change. This is summarized in a research topic called pro-social behavior, and I know you mm -hmm. use that term in the article. And, and Deborah's given us good advice here that if you know a woman who's a donor, don't think, well, she's given already. Uh, the research shows that women tend to give to many more nonprofits than men do. So that could be an indication as you do your research if you have a prospect who is a woman. And Deborah, we see this playing out in other areas. And I know I've learned mm -hmm. so much from the Women's Philanthropy Institute in this regard. When you talk about the relational ways and the heart and the passion ways that women give, mm -hmm. when we see that women are, by a factor of two to one, far more active on social media, uh, women are much more likely to give through giving circles than men are. Uh, so again, these are some tips for fundraisers to see how women are active in the uh, charitable giving space. Absolutely, and you can't assume that the way that men give is the same way that women give. And you mentioned this idea of the giving circles and women's funding net networks and women's foundations. Women like to come together to talk about where to give, and they like to do it collectively. They like to learn from each other, and they like to collaborate. So I think fundraisers and leaders need to understand that men are not interested in doing that as much as women are. There's far fewer men's giving circles than there are women's giving circles. It just doesn't resonate with yeah. men as much that you need to understand the ways in which women give 
to, um, to cultivate that and steward them in, in those different ways. They like to work together. They like to talk to each other. They like to learn from each other. Throughout her work, Deborah's had a chance to work alongside Melinda Gates, a leading mm -hmm. woman in philanthropy. And in the uh, article, again, the eight myths of philanthropy in the Stanford Social Innovation Review, which, by the way, is available from behind the paywall. You can see the article at our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu. You talk about Mackenzie Bezos uh, and how yes. she, in so many ways, symbolizes and embodies these key themes that you're bringing to us today. Help yes. our listeners and viewers yes. understand that story. Right. So it's it's Mackenzie, it's Melinda Gates. I might I might use Melinda Gates as the most recent example. Okay. That this came out um, after the article. Mm -hmm. So Melinda Gates has just announced. I think it was just very recently, a couple weeks ago, actually, uh, one billion dollars to support women and girls and women's mm. equality and women's equity. And that so resonates with what her philanthropy has been about. So she's expanding that idea of if you support women and girls, you support their communities as well. And she's expanded it from her philanthropy in terms of giving to women and girls to gender equity in the public private and nonprofit sector. So it's a real testament and I think it follows um, in concert with what's going on in philanthropy. That women are really stepping up and saying this is important. That we need to make decisions about where to give in terms of gender equity. In terms of who is on the board. Do you have representation of women on your board mm -hmm. for nonprofits? Do you have equal pay policies? So I think that this is a real, um, I think it's the beginning, not the beginning, but just another trajectory point of, of really focusing on the importance of uh, of philanthropy and, and women and girls in particular is what her passion is. So Deborah, thank you for helping us break this myth about women in philanthropy that too many of us still hold on to. And this is a wonderful example of the extensive research and not just for the sake of learning knowledge, which is important, but the way you can translate this to effective fundraising practice by learning more from the Women's Philanthropy Institute. Now, go to our website, philanthropy.iupui.edu. You'll see a toolbar across the top and you'll see the word institute. Click on that, pull down menu, you'll find the Women's Philanthropy Institute. And all of Deborah's research and other research that the Institute has gathered through their advisory council and other friends in the field. And again, this is information that you can translate into practical fundraising success, summarized in so many ways in this Eight Myths of Philanthropy article, which you'll also find on our website. Now, we're next door neighbors to you on the website. If you see professional development, that's where you find the fundraising school. And we have 20 courses in 18 U.S. cities. One of those courses is offered every summer in Indianapolis on gender distinctions in charitable giving, a very popular course where we've translated this material with the help of WPI for fundraising success. We also have custom training that goes all over the world. We can tailor make the training just for your nonprofit, your association, your region, your community foundation, and so forth. We have quarterly webinars and of course these free weekly podcasts. And yes, you can show these to your board and your staff. Share these to help strengthen fundraising for your nonprofit. With Dr. Deborah Mesh, I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.